0: Welcome to Hey, What's a Good Book to Read? This is episode six. We skipped last week. We were um, having Thanksgiving, so I hope everyone had a great week, and we're glad to be back. I couldn't really come up with any Thanksgiving slasher horror novels, so we just we took the week off. This week, we're going to cover Seven Dirty Secrets by Natalie D. Richards. We're going to do Alexander's Song by Paul F. Olson. Promise Not to Tell, which is one of my favorite um, horror stories by Jennifer McMahone. And then The Wives by Taryn Fisher. Uh, Actually, Courtney is going to tell me why I should read The Wives because I have not had the chance yet. Without further ado, we'll get right into it. Today I'm going to tell you about Seven Dirty Secrets by Natalie D. Richards. This is your basic airplane book. It's um, a quick read And It's an easy read, but I have to say, I thought it was actually a pretty good read. The plot was solid, um, it was really intriguing, and there was a whole lot of plot twists throughout the entire book. In the book, a teenage girl who is preparing for college is in a friend group with her older brother and some of his friends, along with a few of her friends and their younger siblings, so the age range is like 14 to 20. These kids don't have great parents, so they're allowed to basically do whatever they please without answering a lot of questions. I'm really glad they addressed that, because for a while, I was like, there's no way their parents are allowing this. I'm okay with them having bad parents, but let's talk about it. Um, Address that issue, say to me, you know, they're out of town a lot, they don't really care about their kids, and that way I'm like, there's no way that this is just happening and nobody cares. I just need you to give me an explanation and she did so I do appreciate that. She actually gave me quite a bit of backstory. I got to know the characters pretty well. Also I knew these characters like they were believable if that makes sense. Having a teenage daughter I could see her as well as many of her friends like a bunch of them in this little friend group. I'm picking out the characters and placing them as her friends so that when I'm reading it that's who I'm picturing. I will say that this main girl was a little whiny for me. She needed to step it up a little bit, but she was young, so I did cut her some slack. There are two timelines in this story. Um, there's now, and then there's one year previously when the main character, who is uh, Chloe, her boyfriend drowns on a rafting trip. In the present, Chloe has moved forward with her life. Actually, you find out that the boyfriend was um, abusive, and And now, no one seems to miss him or even care that he's gone. Then, on her birthday, uh, someone starts leading her on this scavenger hunt. And the scavenger hunt coincides with special events that happen in her relationship with Declan, who was the boyfriend. And she loves scavenger hunts, and she loves mysteries, and she loves escape rooms. So, she's really conflicted because she's terrified, as she should be, but she's also a little bit excited. And here she is trying to solve these puzzles, and she's wondering if he's come back from the dead, or if he even died at all. Or maybe this is someone else entirely who is just angry because of his death. I really liked this book. It was interesting, and it it was easy to read. It was kind of an airplane book, but I still really liked it. The ending of the book wasn't that big of a shock, I'll be honest with you, but I still did like it, and it wasn't an easy ending. She did a pretty good job with it. So, if you like murder mysteries, and you like puzzles, and you like escape rooms, which I do, and you need a relatively easy read, then this is a good book to read. Again, that's Seven Dirty Secrets by Natalie D. Richards. All right, we're going to move on to our next book. Now I'd like to talk about Alexander's song by Paul F. Olsen. I liked it. There were some parts that were a little too easy, but, but not many. Uh, it did read very easy. It was easy to follow. You don't know what kind of book it is. Is it supernatural or is it just a murder mystery? You, you don't know. It reminded me a little of Winterset Hollow, except there weren't any talking animals, unfortunately. It's kind of a bummer. I I like to have talking animals in my story. But anyway, there is a writer, and his name is Alexander Bassett. He is from a very small town, and although he's incredibly popular everywhere else in the world, no one from this town likes him. They don't read his stuff. They have decided that he's a communist because of his underlying teachings, which I put in quotation marks, by the way, uh, the teachings in his novels. I put the word teaching in quotation marks because he says explicitly that that is not what he's going for. So, it's really not fair that they think he's a commie, as they call him pretty regularly in the town, but sometimes small towns can be that way. I don't think mine is, and I think small towns get a bad rap for being small-minded. Sometimes, we are far more open than anyone else, but if I get on that tangent, y'all are going to be listening for hours. One time, I watched the Straw Dogs remake And I had my first and possibly my only Facebook rant. I I do not want to repeat that here. Anyway, the book starts with Bassett having a hard time and deciding to go home. But he actually dies on the journey home. Years later, there's a man named Andy. And he decides to go to Alexander Bassett's hometown in order to write a biography about his favorite author. There isn't a lot that's known about Alexander Bassett or his personal life. Um, He was a big success, but he was really eccentric, and when his writing started to kind of go downhill and diminish, he disappeared completely. So his fans know about his life during the height of his career, but they don't know much else. Andy has decided to change all that. Unfortunately, no one is able to give him any information, like none. No one actually remembers Alexander Bassett, and they don't read his stuff, and they don't care about him which I find kind of interesting. I don't know if y'all have heard Famous in a Small Town by Miranda Lambert, but I find it to be far more of an accurate representation of small town fame. If someone from my hometown is halfway good, if they have one minute on the floor of a college basketball team, if they are on the practice team of a school I've never heard of, there's banners and jerseys and it makes the paper and they're celebrated all over the town. Everyone knows their name, so I kind of have my doubts that it would have gone down like he described it, but it's possible. He gets there, and basically, he gets shut out. No one wants to deal with uh, Andy except for this teenage girl who is also fascinated with Alexander Bassett. This guy, though, he's a high school teacher, and he's not at all crazy about this girl following him around and helping him. Uh, which I also put in quotation marks because a lot of times she's more of a hindrance than a help. And as the teacher, he is well aware that nothing good comes from a 30 plus year old man hanging out with an underage girl, but she is just completely insistent that she can help him. So eventually he feels like he's exhausted his resources on this island. He's about to give up and his ex-wife sends him Alexander Bassett's manager's journal. And also a signed copy of one of Alexander Bassett's books. Um, Now he's excited all over. At the same time, someone has noticed him. Apparently, Alexander became so weird because he had an extremely dark past. It was very tragic and it eventually caught up to him. He believed there was someone or something that was trying to ruin his life by hurting those around him. And that entity had now decided it wanted to come after andy jenny who is the teenage girl and joe who is the ex-wife also get caught up in this monster's very very sick game so andy has to get several people who are from the town to help him figure out what happened with alexander bassett's father what happened when he was a teenager and what happened when he went off the grid and why he went off the grid, and who or what is behind all of these things. A lot of mysteries in this book, a lot of puzzles that have to be solved, and and we do wrap everything up. We find out everything that we need to find out. The ending was good. It wasn't weak, um, but I actually wasn't surprised by it either. It wasn't as big of a plot twist as it probably could have been, but I still enjoyed it. I enjoyed the book, and I, I liked the characters. They were very believable All my questions were basically answered. Maybe one or two weren't, but overall, I thought it was an excellent book. So if you're looking for a good mystery with a lot of action, then this is a good book for you. And again, it's Alexander's Song by Paul F. Olson. I want to tell you about one of the scariest books that I've read. It's not the scariest by any means, but it is high up there. It's called Promise Not to Tell, and it's by Jennifer McMahon. Like M-C-M-A-H-O-N. This is a story that I read years ago, and it still haunts me. It kept me from sleeping. I was actually scared reading it. I had to put it down a couple times. And I will say that in 30 years of reading, that hasn't happened very often. I mean, less than a dozen. This is a murder mystery for sure, but it also is a very dark ghost story with some position and I actually felt like the entire book was haunted. The book centers around a woman named Kate who is in her early 40s, I believe. And she has to come home to this commune where she grew up. It's, it's where, she was re- um, where she was raised and where her mom is still living. Her mom is fine physically, but she is not doing very well mentally. Things are not going well for her. And so Kate has a lot of bad memories in this place. And she isn't happy at all about going home. And even aside from that, which is clearly not the best of circumstances, I mean, you don't, you don't want that to be the reason you come home, but she has a very dark cloud over this visit. There's no happy nostalgia for her. She doesn't want anything to do with her past, but she's going to have to take care of her mom. In the book, um, the commune is very much a stereotypical hippie commune, and her mom was very into free love. So she gets back there, And the first night she's there, a little girl is murdered. And there's only four people left in this commune, and the murdered girl's best friend is one of them. The girl that's murdered is named Tori, and then her best friend is Opal. And immediately, this little girl, Opal, lashes onto Kate, and this makes her incredibly uncomfortable. And you find out that that's because, uh, I think it's like 30 years before that, because we rotate between the early 70s and the early 2000s in this book. Um, But she had made friends with this little girl in town. It's a little poor girl that they called the Potato Girl. And this little opal girl reminds her of her friend from way back when. She actually wasn't openly friends with this girl because she was embarrassed, so she hung out with her after school, and she falls in love with Dale's older brother, who actually still lives in town, and he has feelings for Kate as well, but Dale has a terrible life. It's really, really rough. It it was actually hard for me to read parts of this book. She lives with her dad and her brother, and it's rumored, you you find out that it's true, that he is abusive. And no one is helping this little girl ever, including Kate, which is what she has such a problem with and why it makes her so uncomfortable that Opal has latched on to her. I guess I forgot to tell you who Dell was. Dell was the potato girl from way back. That was her actual name was Del, D-E-L. So one day, there's an altercation between Dell and the other... Classmates, I'm not really going to go into what happens because you unspoil this yarn and that's part of the fun of the book and it goes throughout the book in pieces. Anyway, that night, Dell is actually murdered. I'm sorry, it's hard to say that with my accent. You unspoil it and spool instead of unspoil. It's spool like yarn and thread. It's on a spool, so you unspoil it. Actually, for the most part, yarn is not a spool, but you get the you get the point. But getting back to the book, Kate actually knows that Dale has an M tattoo, an M like Matt tattooed on her chest it's very crudely done and it was removed when she was murdered this is a little girl she's not old enough to have a tattoo and now it's missing kate is completely overwhelmed with guilt and now that there's been another murder on the night of her arrival she's just devastated she hooks up with nikki who is Dell's older brother and i mean she she finds him and and they um she just needs someone to talk to about all of this And then things begin to happen that let her know that this killer is possibly the same person who killed Dale, or at the very least is related to her death. He knows some details. He's got some facts. This is really starting to look suspicious. Then Opal drops this bombshell and tells Kate that there's this ghost that's haunting her who sounds very much like Dale. And she has this sheriff star that was Dale's that disappeared when Dale was murdered, and this star was never found. And the star is a mystery in itself because it was kind of like Dale's talisman, but no one ever knew where it came from. Dale had a ton of secrets for a little girl, but it it makes sense when you think about it. We talk about how she obtained all this knowledge and figured out all these secrets, and she comes from a rough background. So she knows that knowledge is really her only form of power. When they get into all this, it does seem like Dale is back and we don't know what's going on, like if it's her it's it's her ghost, it's not her. And she's not letting Tori's murderer go free. I really did love this book. There is a cat death. Um, there is child abuse, but it's it's not described in detail uh it's it's still honestly all the stuff that came out all these secrets haunt me to this day all these characters were phenomenal again they're not good people and i'm kind of starting to notice a pattern with me with my favorite books they're really dark and there's almost no good people in them but there's a lot of good characters and that's the case here these are not good people they are just really good characters You do find out who murdered both girls. I won't say if it was the same person or not. You find out so much information about the people in this small little town. Dale becomes this town's urban legend. And the author even comes up with a chant for her that the kids use. that reminds me a lot of Freddy Krueger. And I love that part. Um, So if you're looking for a lot of mysteries that get solved... And a great ghost story with an awesome ghost, and it's a little kid ghost, which I think is just even better. And if you're all right with the author sometimes making you a little uncomfortable with the dark points, then this is a good book for you. Again, that's Promise Not to Tell by Jennifer McMahon, M-C-M-A-H-O-N. And now Courtney is going to convince me to read The Wives by Taryn Fisher.
1: So, Courtney. Yes, ma'am. Do you know of a good book to read? Actually, I do. Good. Let me hear about it. What you got? I have The Wives by Taryn Fisher. Taryn Fisher. I like that name. I like that name, too. And she writes a lot of different books. Again, I'm on this psychological thriller kick right now. It's the time of year. And, I mean, if I'm just being honest, that's what I like. I like that, too. Uh um, Being a psychologist myself. I feel like I can officially say, that, you know, that I'm a masters in psychology. Well yeah. i um, you a know, psychologist <clears throat> over here. Um, so The Wives by Taryn Fisher. And to be honest, I this was an audiobook I did. Sometimes I get into the audiobooks just because I like to read more than one thing at one time. I know you typically have a few books going at a time. I do, but and I travel so much that audiobooks are Just great for me. Yes, absolutely. And I I listened to this in a time when my daughter, who is now two, was an infant and um, had to hold her a lot more. So, it wasn't as easy to turn a book. So, I could listen while we were doing midnight feeds and all that fun mom and stuff. Um, So, The Wives by Taryn Fisher. The Mm Wives. Psychological Thriller. This book is really hard for me to describe. So, I'm probably not even going to do it a bit of justice because it's so confusing. Mm -hmm. But but it all comes together. So okay, I say it all comes together, but it's meant to left to leave you confused, and it's very much a, your interpretation of who you think is telling the truth, or who has the mm-hmm. right perception of reality. Perception of perception reality. Perception of gotcha. reality. So think a little bit, verity. Okay. But you you said gaslighting is a fear mm-hmm. of yours. Yes. This book will. Keep you up at night if that's right. your fear. It's gaslighting. It is. So and don't worry. I
0: understand what you mean. Like I feel like with the extra house that it, I made it sound lame. It's awesome, right? You you can't. Sometimes you can't describe a book, and I hate that they put things on the back cover that don't do things justice. So many right. books, their covers just don't do them. And justice. I know we're
1: not supposed to judge a book by its cover. But, but how are you going to judge it? <laughs> yeah, you know, I try. I, maybe that's just me as an analogy for people. Uh, maybe because it,
0: with a book, if you don't like the cover, if you don't like what's on the back, you're not going to
1: read it. No, I need it to draw me in. That's your purpose right. in the cover, not right. <laughs> to make me judge. Absolutely. So, in the wives, okay, multiple plural wives. Um, your female lead, it's a female, and her name, and I like this name, is Thursday. Mm. Like okay. It.
0: Not Wednesday?
1: Not Wednesday. But also Thursday. a popular name. <laughs> um, you know, Adams, yes. Um. So, and this isn't getting into any spoilers, but Thursday is in a polygamous marriage mm-hmm. with her husband, Seth. Oh, interesting. Okay, so that is why... He, he calls her Thursday because he splits his week with his multiple wives. So, that is not her actual name. I mean, that's what he calls her. So, you don't...
0: Okay. Okay. You find out more about it throughout the book. Okay. So,
1: yes. So Now, is he
0: just... How many wives does
1: he have? Okay. So, we, we unravel... Think of this... Yarn of wives, we unravel more as the story goes on. But Do you think
0: that's why they call it a yarn like a why they call it tell a yarn because you unravel it? I bet,
1: huh? I never thought Clabber about it. Look at us, I out. figured it out. Stick with us, <laughs> and you'll go far, kids. <laughs> um, so Thursday is with Seth, and and so you know, a lot of polygamists relationships, I don't, I don't know a lot personally, um, but you think of sister wives and they all know each other and they live together or live in communities together. Um, that's not how Seth likes to have his relationships. And again, you figure this out pretty quickly in the book. It's not giving away anything, but the wives are not allowed to talk to each other or know each other or see what the other one looks like. And no one knows that Thursday and Seth's relationship is polygamous. Okay, so the the outside world doesn't know that. The outside world does not know. And she's so in love with him that she agrees to all these terms. That she wants to be with him at any cost and loves him so, so good that she will hide her polygamous relationship from everyone that she loves and only be his wife on Thursdays and act like nothing is amiss.
0: Okay, so...
1: She, now so it's his idea to hide the polygamy yes so that's not her idea either no i think like she gets into it a little bit in the beginning and she talks about how she went on this date with him um they met she's a she potentially she's a nurse or she's in the medical field or something i can't quite remember she's studying and he sees her at this coffee shop and decides he wants to go out with her so he kind of pursues her and then when they go on her date he's like oh i'm a little married." And but that's okay. But that's okay. And they're cool with it. She's cool with it. But mm-hmm. he's like, This is my rules. Like we don't let each other know. Like they, they know about you, but they're not allowed to meet you, they're not allowed to know you. We're not gonna talk about them. Interesting. This that and that. So he has that lease that we're aware of outside of Thursday, two or three other wives. Okay. Do we meet them? We do. Because okay. Thursday eventually cannot leave well enough alone. Well, of course not. You know, um, and so you're really pitted against, and and it becomes clear, is Thursday perceiving reality differently than what it actually is? Or is she the person that's right? And is Seth gaslighting her. everyone around her and her? Mm-hmm. It's kind of what you talked about, um, that woman who... Tries to gaslight their individual and gaslights them into, um, you know, the asylum. Yeah. (laughs) Um, That's kind of where you're at. You know, like, oh, no, I didn't do that to her. I didn't say that. I didn't (laughs) do that. And you mentioned it. I read this thing or saw something. Might have been on TikTok. Where I think it was on TikTok where a girl said that her husband would play music and then tell her he wasn't. Oh, wow. And, like, really, like, had her thinking, had her being diagnosed with all these severe mental health issues um to the point had their family believing it they were institutionalizing her like this girl it was a girl sharing her story on tiktok and she eventually got away and was able to prove that that was there was not him the case, that it was him but she eventually started to believe him um, wow. again that's not the book that was somebody staring their life on tiktok so you know Sometimes I do little things just to be mean, but I always fess up. Right. I mean, you don't keep it going for the thought.
0: You can't just put somebody in the same asylum and be like, no, I didn't. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so,
1: it's like apparently this form of domestic violence. I mean, that's pretty intense and people people do it. It's smart because you can't prove it. I mean, no, you can't prove it. I mean, don't do it. I'm not. I'm not no, <laughs> no, no, no. So, but, you know, um, so in this book... um there's a few trigger warnings. It talks about um, infant loss and trying to conceive and domestic violence. Um, I, I can't remember specifically if it's anything too in-depth because um, it has been a minute since I listened to it, but it stuck with me. It's one of those that I just think about when I'm like, I need to feel that book, that type of book again. Yeah. Chasing That book. It hits the place. Yeah. Like it was so good. Um and again, the ending, so it's not extremely wrapped up. Um, it's left for a lot of interpretation. But it's done tastefully in a way that you're just kind of left um, a little bum-fuzzled. Um, because, I'm okay with that. Yeah, like you don't know, again, you don't know what was actually real and what was... Someone else's perception Someone else's of perception. Reality. You don't know if Thursday is actually insane or... If it's reality or if you just don't know. Um, which I'm okay with because I'm fine with that. I'll just tell you my personal opinion. This mm-hmm. is what I think that she was sane. Take that for what it's worth when you read it. Okay. Um But you but it but I went back and forth on if she was, because mm-hmm. there's some hard evidence that says she isn't. But maybe i just... Well, when you gaslight fever. someone, then, you know, there's going to be hard Oh, evidence. yeah. You're gaslit. You, the reader, mm-hmm. are gaslighted, gaslit. I don't know. I've, I don't know. i struggled with that word, how to gas yeah. tense it. Taryn Fisher gaslights us this whole book. Um, and so you don't trust yourself in your judgment. So I say that, but I'm sure if I listen to it again, I would still be on the fence. Like, I've had some time to chew it over. Mm-hmm. Um, I really don't know why more people, and maybe maybe they did when it came out. It came out a few years ago, um, actually, I think, in, in 2019, so it wasn't that long ago. But I feel like maybe I'm not on the right book talk or the right Facebook group, but it's not talked about enough, in my opinion. Huh. Um, there is a little spice in it, just for clarity. Yeah. I mean, she's in a polygamous relationship. relationship. There's going to be some... There's going to be a little bit. Um, some language, don't listen to it. If you feel language shouldn't be spoken from your children um, or read, you know, you can read it. But, yeah, so...
0: I, I, I struggle with that. Everything in the horror genre is pretty... is pretty... um Graphic. Graphic, <laughs> yes. yes.
1: In language, in sexuality, in violence, in...
0: It's it's really hard to not and when you deal in uh, psychological thrillers, a lot of that stems. From, I mean, like yeah, with the plot, you've got to have this,
1: or you, have to you have don't those have emotional the emotional attachment. Yeah, I and mean, you have to fall in love with people for them to betray you and murderize you and, and gaslight you, gaslight you, and make you be the crazy one. Um, just like real life, fun. <laughs> We've all been <laughs> you there. You know, everybody's been there a time or two. Um, But, yeah, I I think that's a good book for you to read. Well, I think I will read that, Courtney. And, again, it is The Wives
0: by Taryn Fisher. The Wives by Taryn
1: Fisher. All right. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you,
0: everyone, for joining us, and we'll see you next week.